Hello and welcome to our second Lent Reflection based on the resource Worship in the Wilderness by Sarah and Sam Hargraves from Engage Worship. As we turn to this morning's reflection, I'm going to use the Bible reading from Sunday's worship, which Sue brought to us, which was found in the prophet Joel. This reading is from Joel chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, and then 12 to 16. Blow the ram's horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Everyone who lives in the land should tremble, because the day of the Lord is coming. Certainly it is near. It is the day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and overcast skies. A large and mighty army will spread over the mountains like the dawn. Nothing like this has ever happened. Nothing like this will ever happen again. But even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, crying and mourning. Tear your hearts, not your clothes. Return to the Lord your God. He is merciful and compassionate, patient and always ready to forgive and to change his plans about disaster. Who knows, he may reconsider and change his plan and leave a blessing for you. Then you could give grain offerings and wine offerings to the Lord your God. Blow the ram's horn in Zion. Schedule a time to fast. Call for assembly. Gather the people. Prepare them for a holy meeting. Assemble the leaders. Gather the children, even the nursing infants. Groom, leave their room, bride, leave their chambers. During the week I came across a beautiful picture of two fairy penguins. It's a picture which won an award in Oceanographic Magazine's Ocean Photography Awards last year. I'm not sure where I'd stand copyright wise if I showed it here, so I'll include a link to the BBC story in the description below this video. Fairy penguins are the smallest species of penguin with an average height of around one foot. There's a colony of them by St Kilda Pier in Melbourne. And in the picture we have two penguins, one with its flipper round the other. One is a younger male and dark, the other an older female and much greyer. And what the, makes the picture particularly poignant is that both the younger male and the older female had recently lost their mates. And since then, they'd met regularly on the rocks of the bay, whilst the other penguins in the colony would run around or sleep. These two would spend hours together, enfolding one another in their flippers, staring out over the lights of the city across the bay together. 
It was like they were caring for one another, comforting one another, that their loss had brought them together. Every tradition, faith, culture will create rules, norms and customs around mourning. Some are more public than others, some more expressive than others. But they'll exist nonetheless. And they play an important part in our grieving processes. When loss comes, grieving is a healthy thing to do. Bypassing it, shortcutting it, living in denial, those aren't healthy. And when we're not able to fulfil the obligations, it can cause great distress. One of the hardest aspects of the pandemic we've experienced over the past year has been the inability to say goodbye to those we love in ways we feel appropriate. Whether that be in the final days of a person's life, whether it be within the funeral and Thanksgiving services, or whether it even just be able to hold the bereaved, to hug them, to comfort them as we would want to. One of the rituals associated with times of mourning in the ancient Jewish world was called the Korea, the tearing of clothes. In Genesis, we read of Jacob tearing his clothes when he's informed falsely of his son's Joseph's death. Or in 2 Samuel, David does the same upon hearing news of Saul's death. In today's reading, the prophet Joel uses that image in the context of worship at the temple. He's inviting people into a season of repentance to reflect on their lives and how they do not live up to what they claim to believe in their worship. To recognise that they are called to live in a particular way, but they're not doing it. And to recognise the hurts and the damage they cause to God, to one another, to themselves. We don't tend to make much space for sorrow, mourning, lament in our worship. Confession, yeah, but sorrow and mourning, less so. And our hymn books are much lighter on the heavier sides of faith than, say, the Psalms were in the Hebrew scriptures. But perhaps the one time in which we might be able to make space for this is right at the start of Lent. Say on Ash Wednesday. In some Christian traditions, people will mark themselves in ashes with the sign of the cross on Ash Wednesday. Normally these ashes would be the result of the burning of palm crosses from the previous year. Ash Wednesday is a season when we're reminded of our frailty and vulnerability in a variety of different ways. We're reminded of our mortality, of the words in Genesis that we are dust and to dust we will return. But those words were also first used in another form of human frailty and vulnerability. In the context of the vulnerability to sin, they occur in the story of the fall. And in both senses, we're reminded that life is fragile, that we are fragile, that however self-reliant we think we are, we are vulnerable and reliant on God. And we might have been made more aware of that in the past year. 
when we've had to give up so much of what we take for granted in the face of the COVID pandemic. But we can even witness something of that in the quite trivial act, say, of giving up chocolate for Lent. We can be reminded of this as we discover just how weak we are faced with the offer of a chunk of galaxy caramel or Cadbury's berry milk. And as we reflect on our frailties or our need for forgiveness, we may be led towards sorrow, either at quite a low level, as we reflect on harmful, destructive patterns in our own life, or in a much higher one, in the part our choices play in the perpetuation of bigger social evils in the world. But we're invited to do so in Lent, not as an end in itself, but knowing that we bring it to a God who understands us in our weakness and frailty, both in terms of our vulnerability in human life and our vulnerability to sin. For Christ is the one who took on flesh in both senses of that frailty. And we're invited to follow him into the wilderness, knowing that even there we are not alone, that we are not abandoned, that he has gone into the wilderness ahead of us and he's overcome it and promises to sustain us in the midst of it. It is safe to rend our hearts before him, for he has promised to be close to the brokenhearted. He will forgive, and if we trust him, he will put us back together. Grace and peace to you. Amen.